0: We're going to hear how the gospel transforms a life, mm-hmm. and so we're going to hear great testimony this morning, and with us is Major David Atkins and former NFL star Oscar Roan, and good morning, guys. Good morning. good morning. Good morning.
1: Yeah, good morning. So, David, talk a little bit about what you guys are doing with the Salvation Army right now in Davenport, and you know what uh, what's going on with Oscar being in town.
2: Yeah, we're so delighted to have Oscar back for the second year now in a row. Uh, I've known Oscar for many years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been privileged to be in meetings where he has ministered the gospel so capably, dynamically, and he relates to us so well. He's preached all over the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's going to be with us again tonight and tomorrow night and then again Sunday morning. Mm. Fantastic.
0: So, Oscar, good morning. Good it's nice to have you with us. So give us a little yes, bit sir. of your history with the NFL.
3: Well, I had a brief career with the NFL. I was drafted in the third round by the Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. and uh, was tied in and played four years there and had every, every major injury known to mankind. And after that, mm-hmm. retired, went into full-time ministry.
1: Oh, wow. Well, I'd love to hear uh, the greatest news, and that's how Jesus got a hold of your life.
3: Yeah, the, the, the joy of that is I was uh, I went to UCLA my uh-huh. freshman year in college. Yeah. And I always asked him, who put a university halfway between the beach and the Sunset Strip? (laughs) I spent half my time on the beach, the other half on the backslid. Mm -hmm. I'm a son of a Baptist deacon, backslid, got into craziness, and I came back to SMU. And God had mercy upon me, sent a Mm -hmm. Campus Crusade staff person on the campus, spoke to the football team. And he sat down and he shared the Lord Jesus with me. Mm -hmm. And he was the first man I ever met who could open up the Bible and actually show you something in Mm -hmm. there, you know. And when he shared the Lord with me, I said, "Lord, that I, I need I need help." Mm-hmm. And I said yes to Jesus. My junior, year, my sophomore year in college, and uh, God changed me from there.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Oscar, what were you struggling with before you came to know the Lord, and how did you really see God transform your life? <laughs>
3: When I Before I met the Lord, I had an afro so big I had three birds living in it. <laughs> I didn't even own a car. I rode a chopper of a motorcycle oh, kind yeah. of a thing. And I had a big knife in this pocket, and I had my daddy's gun in this pocket. Mm. And I was very rebellious and crazy and just drinking everything that was a drink, smoking everything that was a smoke. And I knew I was wrong. You know, my grandmother used to say, you know better than this. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people that are li- listen. Just, you, you know better than the way you're living. Mm. But I just didn't know how to get out of it. And when he explained the gospel of Jesus Christ on how he could come on the inside of me and mm-hmm. not give me instructions from the outside, but God wanted to come on the inside and change my life from the inside out, I said, yes, mm-hmm. God, take whatever you can do with a drunken maniac like me, take my life. And so everything that I knew to be me, I laid at the foot of the cross in 1973. And I've been clean and sober and walking with God since 1973. Mm. Praise
1: God. What was one of the toughest things for you to, I guess, adjust to, you know, coming back to the Lord? And obviously you're living in a different lifestyle and, you know, people are expecting something out of Oscar that they'd expect. And now all of a sudden you're different. I called a team
3: meeting. I was one of the captains. I called one of the team team meetings. I said, there'll be no more drunken beer parties at my house Yeah, because I'm walking with God. And most of the guys laughed and said, "Man, Ron got religion. This is going to be cute. I I watch him crash and burn." Yeah. The guy that stood up and said that I helped his family get him into a drug treatment center. Wow. But I never went back. The second hardest thing was to tell my wife I had married my high school sweetheart, which was a beauty queen, and we she her, her dad was a Marine Corps drill sergeant. Oh boy. And she was a little drill sergeant. <laughs> and I mean, cuss you, just man. beautiful girl strange language. And and I used to spend time just trying to share with her and God told me to back off and just walk holy with him and mm-hmm. he was going to touch and so one day she walked in she said what's wrong with you you're not the same guy I married I said no I said I'm walking with Jesus now and she said I want that I said you do You <laughs> see and I led my wife to the Lord in the presence of my home and she got into the Word of God and passed me like I was a rock and became the most amazing, godly person that you ever met. So the biggest stage, it took a year. And I tell people all the time, it didn't get better and better and better. It got worse and worse and worse. Hmm. And then she broke before the Lord mm-hmm. and got touched and raised her up and I said, now, as a team, I want you guys to go. And so that was the biggest step I ever made.
1: Yeah. Wow. Powerful.
0: So, Oscar, is you— Speak your message and your test. Tell your testimony around the country to different groups. Um, do you have a story of interacting with some folks that you could share with us this morning of how you've seen God move through your testimony?
3: <laughs> well, the one thing God does, He, he uses humor, mm-hmm. and uh, and I I love to get the guys' attention with humor and with football, mm-hmm. and I tell them the, the story about it takes. You better be very careful who you listen to mm. because bad information can cost you your life. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, my favorite football player was a guy named Carl Eller. Yeah, Minnesota defensive Vikings. was the Minnesota Vikings. Yep. I was really surprised when I grew up and he was still playing. And he came out of the tunnel and I went to a guy. I saw him. I said, man, that's Eller. And I said, he was the biggest, baddest dude in all of pro football. Is that still true? And, and the guy looked at me. He was a 12-year veteran for the Browns. He said, no. He said, Eller's old now. He's weak. He's a piece of cake. You don't need to worry about it. (laughs) You better be very careful who you listen to because bad information (laughs) will cost you your life. I went back on the football field, equipped that wonderful piece of information. Fifth play of the game, we're running a sweep around the right side. It's my job to down block into Carl Ella. And instead of looking straight ahead, I look right at Carl and and look back, and the guy said, Ella, he's looking down, he's going to block down. So instead of him coming straight up the field, he turned sideways, and now he's going to slant right to me. Our quarterback, Ryan Slype, called out the signal. I said, I'm going to hit him with the best lick I ever hit anybody. And when he called the signal, I fired out and I hit him and bam. When I woke up, <laughs> when I woke up, first thing I did was start taking inventory. Two arms, two legs, two feet. I think I'm still all here. And then I realized I had a problem, big problem. Because I could only see out of one eye. Oh, boy. And I thought, oh, God, he's blinded me. <laughs> then I realized I wasn't blind. I was simply looking through the ear hole of my helmet because he knocked the face mask all the way around on the side. And I grabbed that face mask, cranked it back around, staggered it in the hustle, said, we ain't running that play. <laughs> Bad information will cost you your life. <laughs> That's right.
1: Amen. That's for sure. <laughs> so, so since you came to know the Lord and really serving him full time, What's he? How's he been using you? I mean, what? There's a lot of things that God has used you to, to start or to minister with. Tell us about that. That's a good place to start, I guess. But one of the things that that
3: God did when I when I first got started is I I, I went. I was working full time with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and I made the statement out loud that I loved working with FCA. I loved working with FCA so much, I said. I want to do this. It would take a burning bush experience for me to do anything else other than work with mm-hmm. junior high school, high school, college mm-hmm. kids. And I was in Ohio coming back from what makes you a vacation. And I had an experience with God.
0: Mm.
3: And the first thing God said is, I can do other things other than burning bushes. And I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> and I said, okay. He said, I'm calling you to evangelism. He said, what you just did on vacation is what I want you to do. What I had done is I, I would go into the projects and I would have a, this, the football team and project just stop and sit down right with, And for about 10 minutes, I'd just share with them, just share the Lord with them, mm-hmm. football stories. And then I would just share my testimony of how I came to know the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then I'd give an invitation right there. Mm-hmm. And then I went into the prisons. I went into the jail in, in, in uh, Akron and did churches on Sunday and Wednesday. And all through the week, I was out in the street And God said, that's what I want you to do. And so that's what God called me to do when I came back, told my wife. She said, yeah, I know. And so we started that in 1980, full time. Mm -hmm. And so God's vision was not for me because I I said, you know, I had already filled out my application. I'm going to the Dallas seminary. I knew I was going to be a pastor and teacher. God said, no, you are way too crazy for that. (laughs) He said, I need you out on the street where you can do some good. Mm -hmm. And so for the last 40 years, that's where I've been in prisons and jails and drug and alcohol, rehab centers Mm -hmm. and out on the streets. Yeah.
0: Praise God for Mm -hmm. that. So Oscar, speak to that person this morning that's listening in. That's just really discouraged in the faith or maybe doesn't really know what to think about the faith they're kind of they're struggling in life Uh, what would you say to that person
3: one of my favorite stories in all of the word of god is is the the story of uh, nebuchadnezzar because what what happens is people really don't believe that god can forgive them Hmm. after all that they've done Mm -hmm. and when you study the, the the word of god it says that god came to nebuchadnezzar and said i want to use you and so he used him to bring all the children of Israel back to Babylon. But then he literally took him and he caused him to lose his mind. And he Mm -hmm. lived in his backyard for all those years. And then he came together and he finally knelt before the Lord and realized, God still loves me, even Mm -hmm. with all that I've been through. And the hardest thing for people to be, it doesn't matter how much you've drank or smoked or cheated or lied and all that, God says, I gave my son that you may have the right to the tree of life Mm. Mm. and his blood cleanses and forgives. And I know everything you've done. I know every Mm. place you've ever been. And I still love you. And he says, come unto me all you that are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. I don't have to preach people uh, to people and let them know they're lost because they know they're lost.
0: Mm.
3: I simply have to tell them how to be saved. What must I do? To be saved. yeah. How can I walk with God? How can I know his word? And that's the point where we start.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's encouraging because we as believers and followers of Christ, we're, it's not our job to save anybody. It's our job to be a, t- a testimony. It's to that's be right. an ambassador and let the Holy Spirit uh, draw them and save them. Right? And that's so, right. Um, so you're going to be doing that here in town. You're going to be telling people how they get saved. And so right. um, tell us all about that. Hey, David, can you tell us about when this is and what's going to happen?
2: Yes. Uh, everyone's welcome. Uh, mm-hmm. We're meeting tonight at 6 o'clock at the Salvation Army. We have a beautiful chapel. I don't think many people know about that. Mm-hmm. And it's at 4001 North Brady at Kimberly and Brady. Okay, And uh, we're meeting there at 6. There's a chapel entrance. And then again tomorrow night, we'll do the same at 6 o'clock. And again, finally, the last service is on Sunday morning. Is going to be at ten o'clock. Okay. Now, I know a lot of people are in church, attend their own church, but uh, it certainly would be worth effort for somebody who doesn't have a church home to go to on Sunday morning at ten and hear the last message from Oscar while he's here this year.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Oscar, do you have a, a word from the Lord that He's given you for this? These uh, talks you're going to have, or these sermons?
3: Yes, I do. And it's it's all about the resurrection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He is the God who rose from the grave. Nobody else can say that. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, my interaction with the Salvation Army has got to be mentioned, and I don't know how much time we have, but but my daddy was a Baptist deacon. Mm -hmm. And it's a long story. He got sick. They told him he was going to die, gave him five years to live. Only problem was he lived 30 years after that. Yeah. And he became an alcoholic. Mm. I'm talking about drunk on the street. And uh, it's a long story, but I finally listened to the Lord, backed away from him. And when God said, go get him, I got him. And my father was in the Salvation Army, drug treatment center. Mm. Mm. And when he was in there, he's, you know, he's, I don't like this. They don't, they're just doctrines different from mine. I said, dad, get right with God and you can go baptize all the folk you want to baptize. You can go do what you want to do. I said, but you got to get right with God. And my dad looked at me. He says, son, you're absolutely right. And he, at the Salvation Army in Dallas and then in Little Rock, my father got saved, got returned to the Lord, walked with God. And his administrator was David Atkins. Is that right? Aww. That's why when David calls Aww. in the middle of the one and says, come to Davenport, Iowa, I said, okay. Because <laughs> he was a part of that transition. And my father never went back to drinking, <laughs> became the godly man that I knew as a kid. Yeah. And now he's home in glory. Yeah. So that's what the ministry of the Salvation Army is about. It's about the restoration of souls. Amen. Reaching those who've lost their way.
1: That's right. Wow. I praise mm-hmm. God for that. Mm-hmm. Well, Oscar, blessings to, to meet you. And thanks for coming in My taking pleasure. time to do that. I know it's a little bit different weather than Dallas. But <laughs> <laughs> but like you yeah, said, man. we ain't got nothing else to do but go to church, hey, right? go to church. <laughs> that's right. <Yeah. laughs> there you go. Thanks, Oscar. Appreciate you, brother.